Read a mail. Number 10. Hello and welcome everybody to Read a Mail number 10, where we ask you guys to ask us questions on Twitter, Facebook, Discord, Patreon, YouTube, everything. And we answer them every other Friday. For those of you who don't know who we are, I am Saul Bridges. And alongside I, me, Brett Beck. There we go. See, we're doing it different. And uh, you can normally find us every Monday at 12 noon Central Time. That's 10 a.m. for you uh, people on the Pacific Coast. And uh, that's where we normally air our normal viewing of Triangle Square to PlayStation Podcast, which this is just a little side content for you guys to let uh, to let everybody get to know us a little bit better and be more personal with us. So be sure to check out the link in the description. Uh, we have our Twitter down there. We have our Patreon down there. And uh, you can follow us on Twitter. You know, if you really like our content, we always... We never really want to full out ask, but we always do thank our Patreon supporters. Uh, if you do subscribe at the $5 tier, every three months you get to win yourself a nice fancy custom PS4 at the time case. When PS5 launches, I'm sure we're going to have something in there for that. Yeah, and also $7 if you live outside of the U.S. due to shipping charges. Yes, because shipping charges can be uh, quite a bummer. But uh, that just helps us for costs for the show and all that good stuff. And uh, if, you do, if you're not watching this on YouTube, you probably found us on your favorite podcast service. We are on all of them. If you happen to find a service and we're not on, let us know. We'll uh, try to fix that ASAP. But into the show we go. We, I think we'll start off with Facebook this time around. We'll go Facebook, Twitter, Discord, and uh, we'll get to answer all your questions. If you ever, like I said, if you ever do want to ask us a question, uh, find us on one of those. You can find us on Facebook at Triangle Squared, a PlayStation podcast. It is a group. You can hop in there and check out the Reader Mail tweets, or tweets, but posts. They go yeah. up on Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. And the same goes for Twitter. Uh, on Twitter, we typically post a reminder, but the tweet is pinned to our profile and is permanently there uh, for the entire duration of uh, in between recording, so you guys can ask us. In our Discord, we always encourage people to jump in and have a fun time, and there's a tab in there for that. Patreon, guys, you know where to go for that. And YouTube. YouTube is a little bit complicated. If you post us a question on YouTube in the comments, we will like your comment, and uh, that way you'll know we'll be answering it. As of now, I think we could get to just about most of them, but just in the future, we say that uh, in case we have millions of questions and we can't answer them all. So that's what we do that for. But Brett, why don't you lead us off with the first question on YouTube, or Facebook? I will, but first I have a question for you. What is that? Is the feeling that I just had the feeling that you have every time I'm just over there rambling on? Shut up. We, we've talked about this a hundred times. Let's get off the show. I just, I, I'm, it's never hit me so hard as all it was. Yeah, it's just like, we've talked about this every show. We can shorten this up a little bit. That's the thing in your mind, isn't it? Like, I'm ready to go. Let's go. It's not that as much as it was like, I didn't realize how much time it took up. It took a lot of time. Because I normally do the yeah. talking. That's why I was like, we could stream on it, just say across all podcast services and YouTube. But, you know, I do want to remind everybody that if this is your first reader mail, go back and check out the first one. We have lots of them. This is the 10th one of the new format, but we have... Monthly ones yeah, we before. have monthly ones, uh, tens of those. <laughs> but uh, this is more of an adult-friendly show. We do kind of cuss on here and be a little more vulgar than Triangle Squared, where we do try to be more prof professional. And if you're a fan of this vulgar content, boy, do I have a surprise for you coming next Friday. Um, so <laughs> let's get into the questions. All right. Okay, here we are. 
First question, and you know what? It's actually a lot of them from Mr. Donovan Williams. We're going to knock his all out. Quick fire. I like him. For the most part. So his first one is a little bit of a longer one because it's in rebuttal to something you've done. This is actually in rebuttal to the episode where we talked about uh, games as art and asked the community what their take was and games that they considered to be on that area. So Donovan says, laugh out loud, way to shut down my subjective answer, Saul. And this was in relation to Bloodborne Dark Souls. Um, uh, hold on. Yeah, okay. Go ahead and finish. Let me ask you then, what game slash game spoke to you personally as an art piece that may not be considered an art piece traditionally? So he's challenging you to look at a game that even if you view it as more about being a game, it still struck you as, art. as an art piece. Right. And just so you know, Donovan, <laughs> I wasn't shooting your question or answer down. Um, I, I said multiple times that episode, it's all sub- subject. Yeah, I got hiccups. It's it's all up to your subjectivity uh, on the matter, but um, but yeah, I wasn't no wasn't like intentionally shooting down. I just said I didn't agree with them. So like I, those for me weren't considered art. Those were more considered games. But I will say something that has struck out to me that is supposed to be more of a game that I actually had more fun with as art was uh, Resogun. Resogun is a very very like mesmerizing um, twin stick shooter. That I'm sure uh, most people are aware of. If you're not, I would highly suggest you go check it out. What's so weird about that game is that it's so pretty and the particle effects and everything on screen at once. Uh, it actually is almost a way for you to pay so much attention to that the, the detail of the effects that you're actually playing the game. And it actually works out really, really well. So Resogun is my answer for that. Okay. Uh, Resogun was incredibly fun. Really hard to platinum. I still haven't gotten it yet. Quick interstitial because I promised them I would do this, and I failed last episode, but there was a lot of stuff going on last week. Starting from this episode on, I will tell you, stay hydrated, boys. Uh, that comes courtesy of Mr. Hakuto no Poe. Every two hours, you're supposed to drink eight ounces of water. Hope you're doing well out there, good sir. Get on those eight ounces of water. All right, moving on. Next question. These are quick fire. Donovan Williams says, Nintendo Switch, PS Vita. Vita. Switch. I knew that one. Uh, okay. Well, hold on. Speaking of Vita, 3.69 slash 3.7 is out. Oh, really? Yep. I have some stuff to do when I get home if I do it today. There you go. Best color between pink, orange, and yellow? Ew. Orange. Yellow. Favorite eye color? Blue. Brown. That's what I don't have. I'm blue. No, I'm getting blue. By the way, I only picked yellow because that's my favorite Starburst color. <laughs> that's the first thing that jumped in my mind was Starburst. Okay. Best concert you've been to? Van, Vans Tour, Warp Tour, I guess. Technically, it wasn't really considered that in 2009. How many no, con- no, 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 2008. How many concerts have you been to? Two. I didn't think it was very many. Oh, yeah. I don't, I'm not a huge fan of them. I went with this with uh, my good old buddy, Jesse, who lives down the road from you, and uh, one other guy that you probably do know, um, Daniel, uh, tall Daniel. Mill? No, yes. Yeah. I was okay. going to say the Dox his name, but yeah. Um, we yeah. went and we went and we saw part of Dance Gavin Dance, part of uh, Apollo Troy set, and then there was one more set that I don't remember who they were. So were, there was a lot of like scene bands. Were both of the concerts that you went to festival style shows? Yes. I think you should try, and it doesn't mean that you will like it, but I think you should try a smaller. Uh, a smaller show that's actually like a, and it has a bill that's just for one stage for one room. That was my first. Well, it's technically that one wasn't my first one. Like it, the way it was a, fe- it was a, it was, it was a skillet concert here in town back oh. in like 2005 or six. It, was it at heritage? No, it was at Trinity. 
Okay. Yeah, and that was the one like where you could te- like technically is like that on the parking lot. They actually had booths set up to sell shirts and stuff, but then the inside stage was all skillet. Mm-hmm. Skillet does not perform well that live. Um, for what at least that concert. I saw them live in about. Uh, I saw them. It was probably 2007. And it was in Little Rock during their thing. And I can't remember what it's called for some reason, but it's like they do it every winter. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. Uh, and I, so that's gone to a couple The of Winter them, Jam, right? I think it's yeah. what it's called, Winter Jam. Um, I saw them there, and that was during their comatose tour. And that's I mean, don't be wrong. It's, it, but no, it was, they were really great. I yeah. actually got all their autographs and stuff still in a frame in my it's room. It's probably because they were, they were the acoustics of a church. Well, that's really and- not a great venue. What, Trinity? Yeah. Well, of course, it's a church. It's a massive church. Yeah. But, um, Churches are, they, they, I mean, they think about music, but not, I, I don't know. Not that kind of music. That's re- and I've been in Trinity. That's just not a great venue. No, See, right. Heritage has a stage out there that's an actual you're stage about, set up You're like talking that. about the Power Ranger church on uh, nope. Calhoun. No, is Heritage is on the back uh, when you're on King's Highway and you go back around behind when you keep going past Dixie Diner when you're on Texas side. Yes. Okay, I know what you're talking about. Yeah. So it's around there. That's and out there's in been uh, Yeah. There's been a lot of bands that have rolled through there and played on a real stage that they had set up there. So I thought maybe that was it seth has gone to concerts there recently no yeah yeah so this was back at trinity i think this was one the second maybe first time they came to Texas. i probably won't be able to convince you but next time we're going to go to a concert with a band i know you like i have to be on vacation like well, i, I, I can't, yeah, that's sure. not something i feel like i could do like and have, i'll have a day off after work of work i have a day off afterward of work sure and since your schedule's never really two days off in a row well, I mean, it is on the weekends, but... Well, yeah. On like the weekends NFL on a Friday night off. and then I was off that weekend, then yeah, I'd be fine with it. Yeah, but, we might have to see about that. Yeah. All right, let's move on to the next thing. Best vocalist. Ooh, that's not a quick fire that question That is not a quick fire all. question, but I am going to go with Tillian Pearson, if for those that need his last name. He performs really, really well live. He has really good uh, skills. He performs with, live well early if it's early in the tour that's every vocalist but his is way worse because of the style of his well vocals. yeah the, his pitch <laughs> it, it, it's more the whatever happens in his vocal style at the end that gives that kind of raspiness Raspy, yeah on top of jazz, how clean he also sounds like it's jazzy. very it, it, his voice is juxtaposed when he's singing it's like it's super clean and super distorted all at the same time yeah because it's got that raspiness but to it i think i think um, he's really I, i've seen lots of videos of him live lots of videos of him acoustic and of course just He's great. Record late or record try or record recording. Okay, I guess. Yeah, in the recording booths. Yeah. Or have you seen some of the ones where they do like the live performances? Like they do live, well, live performances in the in yeah, the booth. like Audio yeah. Tree, where they do like or, a live uh, performance and stuff. It, like that. Yeah, that is Audio Tree. That I'm thinking of. Yeah, yeah. on YouTube. Yeah, right? they're great. Yeah. I, they, they do a lot of cool bands. That I love seeing. That. They did a Paramore one, and that um, one was really good. Man, best vocalist. It's Actually, one of those weird things. If you want to go off of like specifically a really high range of someone who's still around, Corey Taylor has a surprisingly Corey Taylor ridiculous is range. up there for me, like top ten for sure. Because yeah. his his voice is so distinct. I guess like no that, matter what, I'll well. be, like his screams are distinct. Like I would know his scream more than anybody. Like even John Mess can get lost in some sometimes other bands. He can. Yeah. Corey Taylor cannot. So yeah. you immediately know him and Matt, Matt Heafy. Yeah, Heafy was going a little disturbed there during the... Uh, no, not that. No, I don't talk about that album. Yeah. It, I'm when, talking about Ascendancy Falls, and Shogun. I'm not talking about yeah, that. He, I, yeah. yeah, it depends. When he gets real guttural, it, it does get a little harder. I mean, it's impressive, but it does get a little harder to hold him out from the rest of the thing. His, his, actually, his clean vocals stand out a lot to me. His, well, his clean vocals are really good. Yeah. All of his vocals are, honestly. Yeah. He did a cover of... Um, the new... Yeah. I yeah, the Unsainted. Unsa- yeah. The new Slipknot song. Yep. Uh, okay, next up, mountains or beaches? Mountains. Mountains. Favorite brand of car? Hyundai. Hyundai. Reliable. 
that's just off of great experience. If yeah. I if I had to just go cr- across the board, I it, it's tr- I struggle to say something I don't have a lot of experience with, right? Yeah. But ter- in terms of like cars that I love, the way they look, Subaru. Yeah. I wish I had yeah, well, a Subaru. Yeah, a WRX. Uh, no, I want a BRZ so bad. Oh yeah, I want a GTR. But, <laughs> I would know. still get a, a WRX though. They're y'all y'all cool be sure cars. to subscribe, subscribe to our Patreon so we can get GTRs. Dude, I would get a Subaru Outback. I don't even care. You. <laughs> I want a wagon. <laughs> anyway, uh, okay, next up, uh, soft or crunchy taco? Soft. Soft. Yeah. Uh, if you had to lose one of your senses, what would you get rid of? Smell. I know that affects taste some, but I would also be able to still see and play, or see, see and hear to play video games and listen to music. So, yeah, smell. I, I assume this food. really goes within the, because, you know, it's like the six traditional senses that everybody is aware of, of enough to be able to smell? easily tell. No, no, no. I'm, okay. I mean, like, if the question is talking about the six, or the five, sorry, general senses, I'm over here thinking about Bruce Willis, but um, the five general senses that we have uh, that everyone agrees upon from a, like, they're so basic that you can literally explain it to someone very easily, but there are a ton of senses that we have that do not fall into that. What would you, yeah, of course, but yeah, like, what would you get rid of? Touch? This is such a hard question, right? Touch would like, be hard. You like, got you to gotta think about everything. Getting rid of anything has a huge impact on anything. That's why so I, if you can't see, I can't gain. Right. If I can't hear, can't I listen can't to listen to music. Yep. And even and then, game, let's really. go outside of that, right? If I can't see, I couldn't see my daughter's face. Right. If I couldn't hear, I couldn't hear my daughter's voice. Like, to, For me, anchor to something that is like, you know, supposed to be life-changing moments to an extent, like when you have a kid, for a lot of people at least. Uh, but, you know, tied to something that you're really intimate with, it's like, being able to, and it, it, it depends, right? It's like, I guess I wouldn't know any different, but let's just say I was born blind. It would be really unfortunate that I would, I would have never gotten to see my grandpa. Right. But I would always have an acute sense of what he sounded like, and I would probably remember that even better because it was the one thing I knew that was him, you know? Well, the, yeah, that's the thing is that, like, if you were blind at birth, you would you would be able to smell. Yeah, like, you, yeah. You, you would, would still smell remnants of him around mm-hmm. you because you know, he lived here. And, yeah. But, like, that's the thing, though, is that, like, if you removed any of those, I think smell would be, like, the least, right? Like, you, I don't there's think a lot so, of man. stuff. There's because stuff. how much does smell legitimately affect taste? Well, if you lost And that's one, one of those things. If, like, It's one of those things that, like, if you if – you, Stopped up nose. It's not 100% gone. So yeah, exactly. Like, you can still taste stuff. But then again, that's just stopped up. Like, let's just say you completely lost smell and that's it wasn't saying. even like, because stopped up isn't necessarily a full loss of smell. It's just a very blocked well, that's sense what I'm of smell. Yeah, it's not 100%. So. But if you think about what it would be like to have a legit, okay, because you can actually lose your sense of smell temporarily in a reaction to a couple medicines. Right. Scrubs taught me that. It would almost, yeah, actually, but that is a real thing. And I, yeah. whenever I worked at the hospital, I saw it happen. Um, <clears throat> but with that said, nosmia. It it would be really a nosmia. A nosmia. Uh, yeah, it'd be really interesting to be able to temporarily experience any of those things, just to see how much it would make you appreciate them once you got them back. Because you can go temporarily blind too. Well, I'm gonna hold a gun to your head and and pull <clears throat> the trigger. What are you having taken away? Has to be smell, right? I guess because you would still have some random taste. Some, but every sense has a downside, right? That's so that's why you try and balance yeah. which one. Well, so it's like say, my the- joke was about to be that if I can't smell, then I can't smell terrible smells. But realistically, if I can't see as much as I can't see beautiful things, well, the other upside is well, I can't see terrible things. I can't I see I- people murdering people in the street. Yeah, but then you, you, you can't know? you can't play Grand Theft Auto and murder people in the street either. <laughs> so, touche. Yeah, don't. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah, I think I'm going to have to agree with you, even though it's a really tough question. Imagine so, having to go to the bathroom without poopery. <laughs> it's true. But then again, you know what, like how sometimes when you're going and you're like, you know it's bad, and then like, okay, I'm married and I have a daughter too, so I have to be like, y'all avoid the bathroom. <laughs> oh, okay. I thought you were going to... Now you can't warn people. I thought you were going to bask in Which, is that more production. funny? Is that more funny that you can't warn people and they walk no, in? No, yeah, it's, it's like they walk in like, why didn't you warn me? Like, I don't know. I can't smell. Well, see, but then is it, is it not as funny because you don't realize how bad it smells? It's even more funny when you withhold information. And they come in and they go, why the hell didn't you tell me? It's well, that's like, like the popcorn trick. What's the popcorn trick? You, you fart and then you say, do you smell popcorn? And then, of course, you get everybody in the room sniffing for popcorn and they're not sniffing popcorn. I forgot you told me that you do that. Yeah. Today. That's actually a pretty genius thing, so. Okay. I did not. That's not original. I'm not an original person. I didn't say that you came up with it. I know. It. I'm just I'm making sure people realize that. Yes. All right. Here we are. Let's see. His last one. In my opinion, sci-fi concepts are generally getting stale. Almost the same ideas for the past 20 years. What concept would you make or expand upon to be an interesting way to make sci-fi more original? Save that for an off-topic episode. That's way too hard of a question to tackle. Well, and like what concept this would means I, across the board, and that's right. what gets really weird about these kind of well, this everything's thing. stale right now, right? Like you have horror that's coming out with a Chucky movie, with AI doll, which looks terrible to me. I mean, like CGI, I'm gonna go see it. But, oh, AI, no, no, yeah, you're no, right. It, it is AI. AI. Yeah. yeah, you're right. Yeah, even the doll's not CGI; it's puppet. Like it's actual practical, but um, it doesn't look like it. Is, no, it so. I, there's like a behind the scenes video on YouTube you can go watch that. Like they show you the how they made it and I'm, how there's like eight puppeteers. I believe at once. you. It just it doesn't look like it. Right. Still, like horror has gone stale. There's been like. I want to say that. But then you have things like, and I haven't watched it, but I've heard a lot of people speak highly of Hereditary. Hereditary is really good, but But then ritual, again, is that horror? Or is that yes. really more... Well, it's, it's disturbing to watch. It's it's. Or is it more along the lines of Saul, where it's like a psychological thriller? And, and think, the well, question is, does psychological thriller fall into horror? It has horror aspects in it. and I, Yeah, it does. Because it, it, it makes you uneasy. And See, I'm not, as, I'm not as much of a cinephile, so I don't know where they I'm actually... For me, it's like, the same. Do they consider that to be a subgenre of horror? I'm sure they I could do. see that, yeah. but I don't know for sure. I'm sure they do. I, I mean, I do, personally. But uh, there's another good horror movie named Ritual that's on Netflix. That's fantastic. They were talking about it in Discord the other day. and like, I Is was it gonna, an original? Yes, I'm pretty sure it is. And it, it's just good. It's like my favorite kind of horror um, they've done good recently. Kind of I mean, they've done good recently, but it's not like any of the ideas are entirely re- original, right? Like, well, I really thought that. Um, how am I skipping out on the name right now? Um, Get Out, I thought was really interesting. Get Out was good, but it was, but scary. it still wasn't original. And what? And it, it's not even about being scary. It's about that psychological element. Then you have even, things like Us, which is again kind of I a, haven't seen that kind of a thriller type movie. But see, like Get Out didn't even like put any psychological strain on me really it didn't really have an effect on me at all i was just like this is a really good movie like, I mean, it, it was, was almost like watching avengers in a way i like that it was it was easy enough to watch and understand but there were a lot of deep foreshadowing parts if you wanted to enjoy oh them. yeah dude you can watch that movie and like the theories on that movie are crazy but, but i mean getting back to the question i what saw is i, I think that that, t- that little off shoot there what had, had a real purpose and that was there are so many people in the world right now, and there's specifically so many people in areas of the world where they have the ability to easily create and get their ideas out there. And because of that, we're seeing more content put out at a faster rate than ever before. So at some point, there has to every idea is going to feel like it's been used as we reach that kind of it's not really diminishing returns. I don't know why I can't think of what you'd really call that, but it's like eventually 
It's just staleness. You're going to, because so many things are coming, and a lot of the times these things are, like he even said, what would you expand upon? A lot of the time these are things that are, are um, inspired by something. And when you're inspired by something, you tend to pull a little bit of what you liked about it because that's what inspired you to go with a direction anyway. And you kind of pull that. So you're always going to have something that you're inspired by. And since there's so many things going on, even if you're only inspired by one thing and you use that as the basis of what you create and you go on and don't use any other inspirations, but you make a story, the chances that another story that has going to have elements that are similar that you can go like, well, that looks like that's kind of just rubbing off of that in a slightly different way. It's really hard. It's really hard to do right now. And I think that's happening across the board. Yeah. And the shame part of the shame, uh, the part of that that is a shame is that it's a great thing, but there's always that catch 22. It's the double edged sword side of it. It's like, because we have that right now, more than ever, people are able to break out and get noticed because they just put the work in. Whereas before there were a lot more barriers. Now it just be like, if you're truly good and you've put the time and effort into it and you put it out, you will eventually get a following within reason. And one day, if you keep doing it hard enough, someone will notice you. And without anything else, you're going to catapult to people to understand the talent that you have. Right. Whereas, you know, and that's what all these things are. I think that's when people are passionate about something. That's how these things go about. And it's partially what this, this show is for us. You know, it's us coming together doing this because it's passionate. But it would be great if one day that's exactly what happens here. Maybe we aren't talented. We don't know. All we have is the community and the people that interact with us who tell us what they think. And thankfully, they enjoy our, our time and our effort in putting this out. And they like to consume our content. And that's about what you have to do here. I like the idea. But honestly... Even the most original things that I personally know of are only original in my mind because I've not read enough sci-fi to have been able to bounce them off and seen where someone else has done it. And, and even then, they're rife full of inspiration. I mean, if you look at the Amory Wars, like we bring up all the time, and I know you know that, Donovan, um, a lot of that stuff is very much inspired by Star Wars. And a lot of the stuff around it is Claudio just kind of taking the idea behind Star Wars, the epic, like the space epic, you know, and that, that you know, is globe trotting to different areas and crazy stuff going on. That's just the idea came from that. And then from there, he just expanded upon in a lot of cool ways. But if you look hard enough, you'll and not even really probably that hard. But if you really just spend a few days looking, you can probably find things that look similar to that that came out before it. It's just the nature of content. And I think us as humans, what we do is we see content that we like, we, we're inspired by, and our goal, whether we are conscious of it or not, is to make something that's original inspired by that, to, or make something that is original by the most literal sense of the term. It's technically not been done before, even if it is reminiscent of other things. And then hopefully we made it better. Right, and I think that's the true... Uh, wonderful thing about innovation is the fact that you think that you've seen everything and you think that you've watched all kinds of media and you think that you can never predict or you'll never be able to say like, or you'll never be um, surprised by what comes next. And then of course something does come next and surprises you. And then that's the, that's the most wonderful part about that is that it's something that you did not expect to happen because at the entire time you thought like, well, they can't do anything this different. Like, we already have like Eldritch stuff and horror and cult stuff. There's nothing else that can come out. And then the next big thing comes out and you're like, well, that's actually really good. And mm -hmm. I never saw that coming. And see, it's not that it's all, but it's also the stuff starts kind of hitting a point where it's popular in media finally. So, you know, you have some horror movies recently that are still thrillers to an well, extent, but things like um, A Quiet Place, it's like 
Well, it's not necessarily unheard of of having an enemy that their weakness is sound and that you can use that. Tremors. But it does add exactly. Too. But it's something that's so long ago, and it's been so long since that's really been used in an effective way in the genre that for a quiet place to come out and do that, it's original by nature of. In context to everything else around it for the last five years, it feels original because of that. Yeah. And then you take the inverse of that, and you, then you get Bird Box. Right. And what's funny is both of those movies are probably being written around the same time, and Bird Box was a book. Uh, and I wouldn't even be surprised if A Quiet Place was actually inspired by Bird Box's book. To make and the then movie. they were like, what if instead of it being vision, we had it to where it was sound-based? And then they ran off with that idea and made their script. And then Bird Box happened oh, saying, with yeah. a movie. And then we end up with a movie about a year apart that are very similar in their concept. But that's just, like I said, that's the way that inspiration kind of works. So I think that's one of the better examples I can use is uh, A Quiet Place and then Bird Box. It seems like that's very likely what happened. Yeah. So, Makes um, sense. Hope right. we got a good, a good answer for you, Donovan. Mr. Josh Shoop asks, what game trailers would you say are your favorites? I remember being floored by the Dead Island trailers, music, and overall presentation, even if the game was not amazing. The Halo Belief trailers. No. Oh, those are cool. They really are. If you don't know what they are, just go to YouTube and look up Halo Belief. It was a series of commercials for Halo 3 that took place in a museum, and it was almost as if they were using it as a History Channel parody non-funny um and they were basically interviewing people who took place quote-unquote on the battlefields of those uh wars in halo universe and they had model weapons they had battlefield sculptures and all kinds of things that one and then mad world with gears of war those are those two of my favorites. oh yeah yeah the mad world one was good for was that gears one or gears two gears one i'm pretty sure i'm 99 percent sure actually that's a great song it is it's a really good song Donnie to Darko put in trailers too yeah <laughs> um, great movie too also yes great movie I own that on Blu-ray by the way I really I wish I would have reminded you to bring me Saul or and uh, your Rick and Morty that I still have that's where that's at yeah <laughs> <laughs> okay um, now what, one that sticks out to me and even though I like the game and yeah. I, I don't love it as much as many other people uh, but it just sticks to me because it was so cool uh, and I guess it's because you know when you're a teenager and these things hit and you already like a certain type of music and when they and then it's not expected because it's you know the music that we like it's not it's not fair to say it was never mainstream popular but not as much in the sense that you'd expect to see it in game trailers definitely at the time and i don't know if you remember this the earliest trailers for and this i think that might have actually been tv trailers because you know internet wasn't quite as big back then for dragon age origins yep there was a commercial that was so dope looking it's all live action too wasn't it no 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 it was all cgi but it? it's like clips of them running through the forest and attacking each other and going and the and you see a guy with short dark hair going and I remember it I pretty remember well and they're running through the forest and the song that was playing was Marilyn Manson's This Is the New Shit yeah and it was super cool I was like this is tight and it's just I guess it goes to show you it's kind of like a, a good movie parallel to this is like you talked about when we were talking about Nine the other night is that it, Nine's trailer was so dope because it had Welcome Home in it that you're just like I am pumped to see this movie Oh, I wonder. I totally remember this being live action. Hold on. Does it have the song? Uh, nope. That's, that's, not, um, that's not the one. I, I actually, that's, that's 30 seconds of ours. Probably is. That's not an official trailer. Hold on. I'm going to no, see if I can not. find the one I did. Okay. I was going to say, because that's, that's Look, not it's an Dragon official Age Origins. Trailer. 
Sorry for those that are uh, listening in audio because you're, you're probably hearing uh, Marilyn Manson. Here it is, Origins Violence trailer. Oh, they have a lot of these. <laughs> well, they probably did. And for some reason, I remember it's this one right here that I remember, and I remember that being live action. See, this I don't, is I don't dope, man. That one at all, no. No, but yeah, and see, I was a huge Manson fan at the time, and when and when Nine came around, I was a huge. I'm still a huge Cody fan. Yeah, seven, I think, because I think this game came out in '08, right? Something like that, yeah. But um, but yeah, that's a good question, Josh. I like actually, I never really, (laughs) I didn't realize it said it in the trailer. Either way, it was cool. I really, I love that. So, and that's a cool question. That's. And something I never really thought of. There are other cool game trailers. And uh, honestly, even though I didn't care for Fallout 4 that much, I thought the War Never Changes trailer nope, that got was real good. quick. Nope. Well, yeah, but first time nope. through, it was good to nope, me. Not even, not even that, no. I can't really think of it. And the memes killed it. I'm trying to think of other ones that just really stu- stood out. But it got to that point where I was I couldn't afford TV, so I didn't see a lot of trailers early on. Couldn't afford cable. And it's like you try and think to not the TV. point where it's like, yeah, yeah, I had a TV. Yeah, I, had I know, a TV. but that was obvious what I meant. I hope it was. <laughs> yeah, I had a TV. That's how I played games. Um, but yeah, I couldn't afford cable. Um, I'm trying to remember. Yeah, like, because the there Super were obviously Bowl. games I was incredibly excited for. Like, um, actually, a game that ended up being just kind of middling that did have a dope trailer, partially because of the visual styling was God of War Ascension. That trailer where they had the chains breaking in and it was like a silhouette of Kratos and you just saw the red glowing on his thing and they were pulling him back and then it kind of zoomed in and it finally showed his coloring coming out and he was super pale. Didn't they have that demo, uh, trailer on a demo disc or something? They might have. For PSP? But it was an E3 uh, reveal initially and okay. it was really cool. I thought I remember having like a PSP. Um... It might have been see, on. See, I remember watching well, it on my PSP. Yeah, it might have been on the Ghost of Sparta PSP. I didn't play that. Then I don't know. But I remember watching it. Maybe I just was on YouTube on my PSP or something. It's possible. Um, let's see. Let me go back. Yeah, to... you're on. Uh, you you accidentally clicked. Oh, the wrong that tab was I think our last Facebook question. But let me double check. Oh, well, we can go straight on in the Discord then. We have some good ones in Discord, especially Kiki hitting us with them hit, uh, quick fire questions and lots of them. Kiki, I want you to know. Yeah, I think yeah, I made it clear. Done. These quickfire questions are my favorite questions to uh, answer on these shows. Um, <laughs> but first up on the list, we have Josh. He says, Final Fantasy VII Remake Hype after the trailer. Is this Josh Ayers? Yes. Mr. Patron? Thank uh, you. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, also, Donovan's a patron. So, hey, thanks, man. Yeah. Screw you, Donovan. <laughs> <laughs> I love you, buddy. Um, but, yeah. Uh, I mean, I've, I've been excited for it. I'm just... I'm keeping my expectations tempered. It's gotten to the point now where it is Kingdom Hearts 3, where I am excited up until the day I have it in my hands. And then that's when the hype will exceed itself. I actually mentioned Vita earlier. The only reason I found out about the new crack on Vita for jailbreaking it, um, or Hen, Hen, what's it called? Henkaku. Henkaku mod, yeah, for, um, for Vita. Uh, is because I actually was Googling on my PSN account to see if I had uh, Final Fantasy VII, and that was one of the articles that popped up in Google, and I was like, wow, okay. I try, I typed in Final Fantasy VII PSP on that, and then, then somehow that came up. So right, There you go. Yeah, congratulations. You've won. But, yeah, I'm excited for it. I'm really looking forward to it. I, I There are some leaks that have happened that I don't want to discuss due to the spoiler nature of that. 
Uh, but there is something involving the price point that I don't necessarily want to agree with. Um, but they, the only thing, because we did discuss that a little bit before, the only thing I don't quite know that I agree, I mean, we can talk about that part. I think it's fair enough to say that as far as it, it's just a leak, so there's no way to guarantee, but there's a leak that says the game is going to be split in two parts. So, uh, Square has already said from the get-go that it was going to be multi-part. Okay, yeah, I'm just making sure you weren't bringing up the what where the part. Happened. No, 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 okay. no. Um, and they're charging sixty bucks for both. I would pay forty bucks for both, no problem. Sixty bucks teeters a line there. For I me. think it's also because I really think they made a mistake in in using the term, and it may even have been a, a mistranslation. But the terminology that's been said often that because it, the first time they mentioned it, they used the term episodic, and people were like, "What the hell does that mean?" Yeah, and I get it. That does. That's not saying we're gonna make. That doesn't come off as we're gonna make one game uh, into two parts by choosing a point in the story where we're gonna story where we're gonna split it off and make that the first game and this will be the second one and then we're gonna expand the rest of the game out where there's so much new stuff that you're getting to learn about Midgar and new stuff that you're getting to do from side quests so you can fill out new information about Aerith maybe that you didn't know or anything like Aerith, that. Yeah, it's actually Aerith in the game and I'm proud because Aerith was originally a miss translation of course it was that's what makes it so cool yeah i actually asked though yesterday I, they've already confirmed it's Aerith in the game but i was like it would be funny if they made her heiress in this one just to make it true to the original western she was release Aerith in kingdom hearts wasn't she yep yeah and they, they actually just struggled over whether they wanted to keep it heiress or do the true translation which was always meant to be Aerith. Aerith. yeah um th but anyway with that you know I think that when you look at it that way, that's the biggest problem is it doesn't sound like they're taking one game, splitting it in a good spot. And I've, and the, the other thing is that they never made it clear how many. So a lot of people are like, now they're going to dice the game up into three or four things, make it a trilogy, make the games really well, just short. Just so everybody's aware, I was never cool with paying $60 for any part of any episode. Like, I'd be cool with paying 80 That makes sense because the amount of work they put into this. But I'm still not cool with paying 120 I'm going to regardless. But, like, I just... Damn you! I, I I if it ends up being a really shallow game at sixty dollars with two parts, I will agree. There if are, it ends up being a game that is essentially for and don't not from a quality perspective, but for all intents and purposes, is as long as Final Fantasy fifteen was, I'm fine with it being sixty dollars as one part. Yeah, well, I mean, no, no, that's, that's right. My problem is is that there are better games, or not say better, but there are subjectively fuller games available for. Price point is sixty dollars or less on the same um, levels of the same similar quality. But you don't know that because we don't quite, we don't currently know what they're doing to the story because now that they have voiceovers and everything, they can expand on scenes and do scenes. And they even talked about it. The I mean, original, no, they can, the original like, producer and directors are coming back as well to to talk and give input for things that they wanted to do but couldn't do because of the technological disadvantage. No, they can they totally have. do that, but it's still the base. It's still the same formulatic story in the end. Yeah, but they can expand on it a lot of different ways. And one of the ways that they talked about. It, one of the ways that has been rumored based off of what they talked about. To make about, it clear, I'm also talking about if cool. the length is the same. Like, is, if the, the length is still upwards in the 40-plus hours. Like, the weird thing about 7 is that I haven't played it as an adult uh, so to you don't. completion. So I don't really know how long it would take me to beat. But as if it's like 40, 60 hours, somewhere in there, mm-hmm. I'm still cool paying dollars for it. But there are games like Witcher 3 that arguably have, you I, know. I get it. But now, if we're going to believe Square, and I get to, why you may not. Yeah, I'm not trying to say it's not going to have depth. But um, yeah. it's just... That's a lot of money for a single game. Even those two games. No, I got it digitally. It's going to be one game. <laughs> I get it, but think about it this way. And this is what I mean. If we're to believe Square, and what they're saying is they're separating it into parts, but each part will be a full-length game. What, and again, we don't know what that means. 20 hours is a full-length game. 
well, order they, they, came out they, at nine hours before the way they worded it, and this was all through translation. But the way it was worded and the way it was translated is essentially what you would expect from a normal full length Final Fantasy per game. I don't see that. But if it's true, does that change your opinion? If it, let's say that each game is thirty five to forty. It hours, also depends on how long it is between release. Sure. If it's anything past six months, absolutely not. I disagree with that entirely. No, because if they're making, not be, no. If, hold on, if they're making each game as a full it's, game, what are you saying? Each game, let's say whatever. It's, but it's one game. That's the marketing trick, right? I, I get that. But if if they're releasing, I'm talking about as as what they're releasing it as, not what it is currently, not what Final Fantasy VII is currently. If we just take that away right then now, it sounds like there's a lot of filler in there. I'm not going to care to play. What well, we don't know because one of the things that, I was going to get into <laughs> that I think is a cool way for them to expand the game in a smart so, way. But hold on, you I, think two should come later than six months? I wouldn't be mad if it was more than six no. Months. That's where I draw the line. Like that, I would expect a year. No, absolutely not. And here's my no. thing. From a marketing way, it looks like the game is only going to be temporarily exclusive to PlayStation. So what I would think is... Console exclusive. We don't know. So we don't know what that means. That was the, Well, that was the original wording. Well, no, Play it was first, first to PlayStation. Yeah. yeah. Um, which could mean it just only comes to PC later. We don't know. So, yeah, But regardless, let's just say, if it is going to come to Xbox, this would be the way to go about it, right? In my opinion. Have the game come out, release on PS4, be out for a full year, and then have it to where whenever Final Fantasy VII Part Two or whatever they're going to call it is coming out for PS4, Xbox is just now getting Final Fantasy mm, VII Part One. No. Like, that's but the I problem is that, like, especially people who have played the game already, what is the point of me waiting one another, one more year to complete something that I already know the general outcome of? Like, what's going to hold... But that's only for you. What about people who have heard Final Fantasy well, VII good for life? them. They're paying $120 for a, hopefully something more than 60 hours of the game. Yeah. Well, you might. Now, one thing I want to get into, because I am curious as what your thoughts are but on Also, this. that's even worse for them, because that means that in one year, they're mm-hmm. going to have to recap themselves on the story, because it's going to be one year, and Seven already is somewhat of a convoluted story. Yeah, but... It- I get seven gets way more convoluted, convoluted toward the end, right? Which is what um, make reflecting back on the first part would be so important for. Yeah, but um, secondarily, I think some of that could be cleared up by something I'm about to talk about. Um, as long as you don't have anything else, no, I'm good. I, just, I, I don't. I get it. But six months at most. This is one thing that I think is interesting about how they could do a lot of things. They could make the story honestly less convoluted, which they could also do just by writing a little bit better than it was originally written. It was written pretty um, clunky. Or for at the time it was, it good, was, but now and it's... it was also all text and a lot right. of weird things. It and wasn't all text. They didn't have voices in that game. Nobody had. There was no voice acting in that game. Seven. I don't. Oh, wait, think... never mind. I'm thinking about a cutscene from Advent Children. I'm dumb. I'm about to say, dude. I, I was like, what are you talking about? I was. I was thinking about the, the first church. time. I, that... Well, I was thinking about a specific church scene, and I'm like, that had voice acting. And yeah, like, no, we were, me and Kiki were talking about it in Discord today. The first time that the Final Fantasy VII characters ever had voices was, was in Kingdom was Hearts. In, um, yeah, one. Yeah, uh, but anyway, Which what I was why, getting at. Never mind. Go ahead. Um, we'll get back on topic. Yeah. Um, we're going to bring up Leon. What's interesting about it, though, and this is something. Uh, about a year, year and a half ago, maybe, actually. I think it was a little bit longer than a year. Um, someone was talking to Tetsu Nomura at an event. I can't, I th- it may have been a Kingdom Hearts event. I can't remember. But they were he, he was doing a Q&A, and they said, uh, what about the Final Fantasy VII 
for I don't remember what it's exactly called, but the extended universe uh, games. And where what are the chances? I know we were going with this, and I don't want it. Hold on, what are the chances that they get remastered, remade, or whatever? And Nomura said specifically that they are looking at ways and whether he wants to remaster them, whether he wants to remake them, or whether he wants to incorporate pieces of them and find a way to work those into not all of them, but some of them into seven in ways that would work. Now I don't. I'm not going to spoil necessarily anything from Crisis Core. But one of the things that's been rumored takes place before. Yeah, one of the things that's been rumored is what they'll do, and I actually would like this if they're not going to full on remake Crisis Core. This I would be satisfied with this in a lot of ways because it'd be really cool, and I think it'd still work. Is have it to where throughout seven, the first part of it, or whatever you're doing, uh, have it to where the reason that the length gets to go to a full length game of that is that when you're playing the game. It finds very interesting ways to have flashbacks where you go through and play as Zach. That would and be cool. And you start to understand. Especially since a lot of their beginning stories take place in Midgar. Exactly. Um, and and kind of do the parallel thing. Right. Because, and, it would, and then it would make it way cooler if you had no clue what it happened would. in Crisis Core. When it comes together and you're like, what? It would. However, I still don't agree being past a year. Or even a year. Like, I... Well, but at that point, it's just so much more game. And I don't know if they can pull off that much. The the only way they'd be able to do what you're talking about, and it may be what they're doing, we have no clue, would be that both of these, realistically, both of the games have been in development this entire time, and what they're doing is they're going to release the one. I fully expect the second one to be reused assets. It will be quicker because it'll be reused assets and stuff like that. But the only way that would work is if they start development, if they started development years ago on the next one already. And I don't see that being possible. Or they could just develop like a normal game and then cut it in half, like, Every other episodic game does. See, but that's why I say I don't know why they use the word episodic. Definitely if this leak ends out to be true. I know most episodic games don't do that or some. But, yeah, like, I don't want this leak to be true. I just – what I feel like would be best would be for them to – I just realized I started in Discord. Let's go to Twitter next. Um, uh, But what I would rather have them do is is add Crisis Core in, sure. But, like, especially new people, I think it's going to be really hard for them to be able to call back to that story a year later – and especially at the way it ends and where it ends, because some contextual things happen falling with that. Yeah, real and there's, quick. there's more problems with that. Is does your save file transfer over like old Mass Effect games used to do? And is that how you continue playing on? Does it recognize if you played the first one or not? If you didn't play the first one, but for some reason you pick up the second one, can you play it with a if where it has that's a, all like episodic a, games. a standard build? I, 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 I it, it, it creates a lot games. of questions. Yeah. It does, and it creates a lot of problems too. Uh, so which could create filler to bad the time and releases uh but anyways thank you josh for that we'll go ahead and go to twitter why don't you answer the top twitter question since you already did <laughs> look i'm gonna expound on i agree with, i agree with brett okay mr no fate sean one neo said because ps5 will have backwards compatibility does this mean there should be less remasters during next gen Oop. i wouldn't be Oop. surprised if we saw more complete editions though and then matt green patron thank you sir says no people will start uh, will no no people will still want remasters so that the graphics etc are current gen it'll be guaranteed money for the studio now i get what matt is saying and i really agree with it uh that one of the great things that remasters does is it brings the game to a current generation makes it look prettier hopefully run better and it gets a whole new group of people to play it as well as people who loved it so much they just want to replay it with a new coat of paint and it gives the money studio and some people do not appreciate this but i do it gives the studio money that they may need while while this small group of the studio is doing the remaster that money helps fund the next big game and give it more of a budget 
and kind of you know what I mean. Yeah. I think that's a really cool way to do this. I do. Um, um, I do think that it depends on the game and the, and then how long ago it was released. Mm-hmm. Like don't release don't, or don't remaster a game that was made four years ago. Just enhance it. But games that were made like towards launch of PS4, feel free. Like, yeah. But um, like Nat, Nat could actually use not yeah. polished because it's a well polished game. But um, if Nat looked like Nat too, yeah, it'd be a lot better actually. Um, but you have games like that, then maybe even releasing stuff um, like uh, what was it, Bound by Flame? Yeah, like to be more improved to run better because I heard that game's really good. It just is very it is, but terribly. it does perform really roughly. Yeah. and, it, and it, the thing about it is the performance drops. It's it's not an easy game. It's not that it's the hardest game in the world, right. but the performance drops make the already challenging combat more artificial. In a yeah, way. it's like crap. Yeah. But yeah, I agree. Like I I think that like games could become in PS5 enhanced. And then there are game big title games. I think that a lot of people would like to see come back with be, like newer textures, uh, maybe a different engine or different physics of some kind. And just some games can't just be fixed by running on better hardware or being patched in. There are problem fundamental problems in some games that can't. They yeah. have to be rewritten. They and still redone. need to be reworked. So um, um, what Saul's talking about, it, just in case, because we technically did roll in. If you were Saul on Twitter, what I kind of said was that what they could do instead of doing rematch with full-on releases again is that they could instead achieve this via the way the Xbox currently utilizes backwards compat- enhanced backwards compatibility on the Xbox One. So a good example of that is Red Dead Redemption 1. You can play it in 4K on the Xbox One X with enhanced textures and stuff like that, and it looks a lot cleaner than the original 720p video, uh, you know, video output did. Right. Uh, so that's one way you could do that. And what I mentioned specifically that I think would be a cool idea because a, if the game didn't come out that long before PS five came out, but they wanted to do it, it could be a cool way to just throw in a free update just to incentivize more people to buy the game as like a thing while it's still selling. That'd be cool. But one other thing that they could do is if they wanted to have incentive to do this so that they can make more money, like you were talking about Matt, then it would be, uh, they could have a paid patch, and I don't know where the pricing would be completely, but considering that they wouldn't have to be re-releasing it, uh, re-uploading it to the digital store as a separate file, reselling it as a physical disc with physical packaging, instead it could be a $10 patch or maybe a $20 patch, depending uh, on no, what they're like doing that. and the amount of work. I don't know. But I think $10, honestly, if I, if I could look and say, hey, they did a backwards compatibility enhancement of Killzone Shadowfall for 10 bucks. And I, I like some developers fall. are going to try to take advantage of that though, and potentially have problems they know they can fix, and they don't fix them because later in the road they can make you pay for it. And I'm not against. Sure. I am 100 percent against stuff like that. I am too, but I think that there's always going to be a bad side to any good that could be done. So I think you just have to let the good exist, and then hope that the market is, you know, the gamers that are going to buy it says. Like, hey. can you imagine if EA released Battlefront Three and like there was problems with it, and they're like, oh yeah, we, we'll, we'll patch that up for you, nine ninety nine, please. Yeah, and I think there'd be a lot of... Uh, actually, If let's just use a more real example that's going on right now. If they try and have a a just a patch, not new content, kind of like what Diablo 3 did with Reaper of Souls and Destiny did with Taken King and Destiny 2 did with Forsaken, if it's just a patch to fix all the crap they've already done wrong for Anthem, that'd be a massive disappointment. But now, if, they, if a fix for Anthem comes alongside a massive wealth of new content and a new story that's another 15, 10 hours, whatever it's going to be, and a lot of new game modes and stuff like that, and they say, hey, pay $20 for this, and the game will be changed just like Destiny 2 did, 
all for the better and it may be a reason for you to come back to it if you've already lapsed from playing it or if it never interested you in the first place because of its issues but that's what i mean is it's kind of the same basic principle is like within reason you don't want it to be that people I, I think if you ask somebody right now if a game company put out a game let's just use anthem as the example if anthem uh came out right and then you bought it and you didn't care for it because of all the issues or you played a little bit but you wanted to like it but there was too many issues but then bioware and ea say hey for ten dollars we have a patch that fixes all those issues would you pay for it and no, i think most people I, would say no yeah no absolutely not yeah did you hear the about anthem 2 today what? Was it an April Fool's joke? <laughs> no, I was just saying me neither. Next question up on Twitter, we have Andrew Falarkis, and he says, what game purchase is your biggest regret or your guilty secret? I regret buying Umbrella Corpse. As for guilty secret, I actually enjoyed Duke Nukem forever. Congratulations on being the four people in the world that did. <laughs> I was excited for that. I hated it so much, but I can understand why people enjoy it. It was, it could be fun. It's just, that was one of those games like Too Human that had way too much buildup. Do you think that somebody could really like Duke Nukem? Because, like, you know, one of the things about movies that gets really interesting is that you have movies like The Room that are objectively bad in every sense, but they're so bad that they swing back around to being good. I can actually see Duke Nukem forever being like that. That's what I mean. Like, yeah. you play it because it's cringy, and you're like, oh, this is so good. It's so bad that I love it. Biggest regret. Biggest regret for me. There's a lot. Personally. And it's one of those weird examples of where I didn't look up much about a game and I just I let it. it sell me on the cover. Uh, it was Two Worlds 2 for the PS3. Yeah, I remember you telling me about that. It was really rough. I mean, it, and it actually started to air on the side of, I almost didn't regret buying it because it was so glitchy, but the glitches were hilarious. Like the well, Almost like when we bought the Ouya. The opening cutscene, actually, the Ouya, that frog game, was unironically hilarious. Did I see the Ouya sitting in here somewhere? No. Okay. The Ouya's gone. Okay, um, I think I just saw the place there and it's the same color but no the uh what made it so funny is the opening cutscene in part that goes on in in like the first i think it's the opening cutscene of the game it's done in engine and the bad guy is sitting there talking and he goes to stand up and it cuts to his face and his cape is stuck in between his head and this thing and it's flapping every time he's going to talk Jeez. it was hilarious and i was just rolling i mean so it was one of those things where i almost appreciated that i bought but it was still 60 dollars, so i wasn't really happy um mine, and it didn't end up being good mine was mass effect andromeda for regret like i think i've talked about that before because i know we were certainly doing this show either around the time that i got that or, or yeah or i think i think andromeda came out right when we were starting the show yeah um but basically like i had a week vacation off from work and i went to gamestop to pick up a game and i got watchdogs 2 and i actually did not enjoy it but i bought it used so like that wasn't a big deal i took it back and i was like i would just looking on the ps4 wall and something to play because i was on vacation i wanted something to really dive deep into yeah. and then of course andromeda um i didn't realize watchdogs 2 was 2016 God, time yeah. class. But um, I remember it was new. And the credit I was getting back for Watch Dogs or whatever, I was just like, oh, yeah, it's going to cost me 20 bucks." I was like, I'll, pay, I'll buy that. I wasted $20. No matter, I love the Mass Effect uh, franchise. No matter how hard I tried, I could not like that game. And I tried to find good things about it. And every time I tried to find something good about it, something bad would pop out. And then it would multiply. Do you agree that the game, had it not been for the namesake of Mass Effect... 
That do game you would think have the failed. Game... That would have bankrupt a company if it had a different name attached to it. You think the so? The only reason that game sold anything was I don't think of the it name. was that bad. I promise you. And now, now, don't be wrong. I understand as someone who loved Mass if, Effect if that... and expected new gen Mass Effect, that was not it. If I that, understand that. If that game came out as volume result, I would like. That's clever right there. I just not <laughs> volume result. If that game came out at sixty dollars and I bought that, that company would go bankrupt. See, I disagree that it no, was that bad. No, it was worse than it was worse than uh, No Man's Sky. Man, I, Cra- but like, why? Ten, ten Out of curiosity crashing. for you, because we both bought it at the same day. At That's least, why I'm curious. At least ten crashes within four or five hours of playing. Constant That's so frame crazy. rate. Dips, I played that game for thirty enemy, hours. Not no, even maybe that long. Twenty five AI issues, teammate AI issues, the jankiness of the uh, of just the dialogue, let alone the actual no, motion capture yeah, was no, bad. The, which they did go back and, and try to. Yeah, fix. and it wasn't even motion capture; just straight animation. Right. Um, everything was bad in that game. Like, no, was, I will. I agree. The animation was a problem I had. The menu I didn't have any of the other problems terrible. that you had. The menu system not terrible though. Oh, I've no. played. I've played games that I've enjoyed that had worse menus. No, like that. That menu system get to anywhere in the menu. You had to go through four. Five menus to get there, and then four or five menus to get back. Mm-hmm. It was terrible. Have you played Rage Two? I have not, and if that has anything similar, I will not play Rage Two. It, it has a clunky, and what's more weird is the menu system's slow. That's sad. so. Like when you open the menu Bethesda. and then you hit R one, dude. For a game that runs at sixty frames per second, essentially flawlessly, when you go to open and, and this that was on PS4 Pro, Blake experienced the same problem on base model PS3 or PS4. Um, Impressive, he's playing on PS3. <laughs> PS3 yeah, uh, but no, he experienced the same problem on the base model. And it's like when you open the menu, the menu will come up, and then when you go to hit R one to go between the tabs, it's incredibly slow. Yeah, no, I probably won't pay. See, I won't pay forty dollars for that game. Um, yeah. I, I I have gotten to a point now where I won't spend sixty dollars on something. I mean, and I, as for it's, unless it's performs really really well. Yeah, as far as Andromeda goes, I, I'll just have to agree to disagree with you on you. But that seems like it's because of how different our experiences were. I didn't have any, I, I, the yeah. game. The game literally never Which crashed is on me. No excuse for the game. Shouldn't perform that wildly different between people, but it no, did. No, yeah, you're right. But that's just, it goes, I hey, it. I didn't have a single personal experience, nor did I see that many that were talking about the game crashing. Most of what I saw was people talking about how ugly animations were, and I get it. And also how shallow it was for a Mass Effect game. I still think that if it would have been the first entry, let's say that that game, let's take everything that made that game come down in terms of expectations because it was EA, so it should have been AAA quality. It, you, it was Bioware, nothing so in, it should have been, well, as a, you know. If, even if they launched that game as their very first game mm-hmm. in the Mass Effect series, it'd be bad. The writing was bad. The story was bad. The lore wasn't great. It was kind of cool in some of the parts of the lore. Uh, I'll give it that. The world was kind of cool, depending on how The, the gunplay was not bad for the me. The gunplay was terrible for me. Like I, That's what I was saying. It, was, I was no, having, no, it wasn't great, but was, it was serviceable. I was it having, felt like Mass Effect. Actually, it felt better than Mass Effect 1. Mass Effect 1 feels like Crap. I, I was having teammate problems and like where they were running in See, front of me. Now, if that way. was going on again, I didn't have that. That that that's the goes that's to how big. That's what I was refer, uh, referring to with teammate AI. But and, let's just say gunplay though, specifically the gunplay. Do you think it was bad? I, mean, I thought it was it wasn't uh, great. It was clunky. No, no, it wasn't. It wasn't great, but it was better than Mass Effect One. So in my mind, I'm thinking about it, if that was Mass Effect One. But I don't even mean that. My mind is let's say that focus. Then, right, I guess I just played so much Mass Effect One that I just yeah. I don't, I don't see. Any let's say that in Focus it. Home Interactive published that game as a double a game nope not even 40 bucks worth see i i, I really so think many, that so many problems at launch maybe since like you're saying with the wildly different performance i wouldn't even pay ten dollars for that game at launch like that, that that's a 299 steam indie game at that point God. but a uh, guilty secret game yeah I don't, that, that's an interesting one because like we always say we never have any guilty pleasures yeah i'm pretty forthcoming uh i'm trying to think of a game that i bought thinking i wouldn't like it and then still ended up liking 
The only game I can really think about that, though, like that, or not even that, but I was embarrassed to admit that I liked as much, was Elite Beat Agents on the DS. What was it called? Elite Beat Agent. It's the, like a rhythm, a rhythm game. game? Mm-hmm. I had a feeling. They were really good games. but uh, There was a lot of those on handhelds. Vita had some of those, too. The Guitar Hero game for DS was actually kind of cool. It wasn't bad. The guitar, The Rock Band game for PSP wasn't bad. I didn't even know they had a Rock Band PSP Yeah, game. but it didn't have a controller or anything. You just used the inputs. It was called Rock Band Unplugged. Oh, yeah, of course it was. In DS somehow managed to get a peripheral for our band. Yeah, but it wasn't good, so it doesn't. It matter. wasn't bad. It wasn't good. If we're, if we're talking about Mass for Effect, a fifty dollars DS game though. Like, yeah, it was, was bad. No, I paid twenty, and it was more than fifty because that that peripheral no, didn't come 50. with it. I thought it was fifty. I don't think so because I paid twenty three bucks for it. I think it um, changed. I'm trying to think of a game that. I mean, I guess a game that maybe when people look, they say, "Well, you, I, I wouldn't care. expect you to like." I'm trying to think, like realistically. I can't think of a game that I ended up enjoying. My name is Mayo. No, didn't play it. Um, Hannah Montana. Like, Loco Roco was fun to me. No, I, I no, no. Loco Roco came to mind. That is nothing to be ashamed of. Oh, I'm not ashamed of any of it. I'm just trying to think of a game that I got that I didn't think I'd like, but I liked. Well, I mean, that's not that's the secret. close. To, I don't have guilty secrets. Well, then there's no question to the air. No answer I'm just question. trying to give him an answer that was close. You know what, Andrew? I'm sorry. My my gaming preferences and music, really everything. It's open book. Man. I have to say, I have to say, Elite Beat Agents for me though. Like technically, that was a guilty pleasure because I bought it and I was told by everybody like, "Oh, you're not gonna like that game," or "You're gonna you're gonna love that game." I was like, "No, I'm not." And I bought it using a gift card because we were tw- not Toys R Us. What was that place called? What is that place called in Hot Springs? The video game store, not Fye, not Toys R Us. Sam Goody. No, I don't think so. Was those closed by then? What? So was those closed by then? Was what what Sam Goodies? What about it? Was it closed in Hot Springs by then? I don't I don't know how what long that ago is. We used to have a Sam Goodies here in our I, mall. W- w- I don't remember it. It's what essentially is- an Fye. Do we ever have an Fye here? Yep. Okay, I was gonna say it was where at the same time as Sam Goodies. Both okay, of them closed uh, very close to each other. But I had a gift card, and there was like that game. There was the Brain Age game, and then there was something else. I think. I think it was Metroid Hunters, and I already had that game. Metroid Prime Hunters was good. It was really yeah. good, but I bought that instead. Everybody said uh, I would, uh, I would hate it, and I ended up loving it. Or no, everybody, I was convincing everybody I would not like it. And I got it as a joke with a gift card, and I loved it. Sean Sanderud that I didn't love it. <laughs> Sean Sanderud, who is a patron, responded to this on Twitter and said. Mine for this generation is probably ukulele. Now I'm going to assume that he's talking about Biggest Regret. Yeah. Well. That's what, it seems, that's what it seems like. Well, we could... Sean, let us know. You yeah, got us Sean. On our, you got in our Discord and fill, on our Twitter. Fill us in. Uh, Matt Green says, what do you think of the next potential Batman being a sparkly vampire? I don't care. I'm going to respond to this the same way I've responded to everybody. And I know he's joking, but Robert Pattinson's a really good actor, depending on what movie you watch him in. On YouTube, for free, at least in the United States. I don't know about, about Matt. I don't know if this is free in the UK or anything, but there's a movie called Remember Me. Uh, it's a really, really, really good movie. I think I've talked about it before somewhere, but go watch that movie. It's really good. It's really solid, especially if you like Pierce Brosnan. I think the biggest thing about that is I feel the same way about this as I did with the announcement that Ben Affleck was going to be Batman. Well, uh, I don't see them as Batman, but if they want to prove me wrong, they're more than welcome to. Ben Affleck did not prove learned, me wrong. I learned that lesson with Heath Ledger. And I can't. I even come to open mind for Jared Leto. See, now Jared Leto, he's a great actor. And now that's what's funny. I know he's a good actor. Yeah. I think the way they Record wrote his him. Joker was terrible. Well, um, I think he played what they wrote exceedingly well. I don't think what they wrote was a compelling Joker. 
I mean, um, that, yeah, that's true. Like, it was a very cringy Joker. And that's, yeah, that's and very oversaid when it comes. I to think about him. the exact same thing is true of Batman. I think ba- I think Ben Affleck and Batman versus Superman was really poorly written. He was. I didn't even have a problem with the other part where they were saying Batman's not supposed to be this way over that one particular thing. But I think honestly, I don't even care about that. It was a poorly written movie with poorly written story cruxes, and nothing is as terrible of a plot point to try and do out of nowhere than that random Martha scene that's supposed yeah, to be. No. It, dude, it was just poor writing. So I think across the board, I, I, and honestly, I think if even going back, while I think Dark Knight is a good movie, I don't even think that Christian Bale was a great Batman. I do. I think, obviously, I think he's the best. He's the best in the last couple of decades, but that doesn't mean much. Who, who else? I, well, my, Michael Keaton, I still actually have a soft spot. Mom. Michael Keaton and Val Kilmer are both okay. Did not like Val Kilmer that much. Yeah, but and Val Kilmer was good too. Val Kilmer is another example of what I view of Christian Bale. It was just good enough. It worked with the rest of the movie, and it let the rest of the movie happen. And the rest of the movie was entertaining, not necessarily him. Val Kilmer was in Batman Forever with like. Wait. And Christian Bell's a great actor. I, that's not me crapping on him. I just didn't. The, he wasn't a compelling Batman. They, he, I don't think that they played the character off right. I mean, they, again, better than a lot of things in recent memory, and uh, much better than Batman versus Superman. Yeah. Okay. Maybe. Batman or Batman Forever is the one with Tommy Lee Jones. I did not watch Justice League, so I don't know if Justice League made Batman any better, but I seriously doubt it. I, somebody brought that up the other day in Discord. I had to ask a legitimate question. I did not know that movie came out. It did come out. I am yes. not a fan of any of the new DCU stuff. You don't remember it coming out and people being crazy because they pulled in. Um, how am I forgetting his name right now? They pulled in the guy who, who is made Buffy and everything. How? Am I, how am I forgetting this man? Joss Whedon. Name? Joss Whedon. Thank you. He, he was. Made, he made Firefly too. You hmm? prick. Yeah, but I mean, most people would probably know him for Buffy because Buffy was way bigger than Firefly. Yeah, and Firefly was way um, better. Firefly is so good. Um, but he also did the Avengers. Yeah, and, first one. Yeah, so. Well, when, actually, I think he did. I think he did two. Age of Ultron. I think he did. Um, but regardless, oh, wow. uh, he he had a background in superhero movies already at that point, and he's just also a great director. So he pulled in here, and they decided he decided he wanted to do reshoots on some of the things. But since. Um, at that point, Henry Cavill was already off in Mission Impossible recording with a mustache. And with a mustache yeah. that they said that you was, can take him back, I that but was you cannot have him shaved. Not at all. They one hundred percent CGI'd him a lip, like a, 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 whatever you want to call this, the area under your nose. They CGI'd the mustache off, and I remember seeing clips of it, even though I haven't watched the movie, and it was not convincing. Jason Momoa was really, and cool it too. cost a lot of money. I'm sure it did. Let's see, Derek on Twitter, he says, what video game villain is your favorite and why? What video game hero is your least favorite and why? Also a patron. Um, oh, yeah, thank you, Derek. Oh, man, this is a good question. Favorite video villain is probably Sephiroth, as, as cheesy as that is. Either Sephiroth or... Uh, but, but why? That's going to be the thing. And I, your answer is fine. I don't care what... It, it's you know. sad because why... Be, he became... The why became after seven. The why became King because Hearts. of all the no because of well I guess technically it's every other extended piece he was in okay, Crisis yeah, Core sure. Kingdom Hearts he's great in Crisis Core Children he is very great in Crisis yes. Core so is Angel which would close second oh, um, yeah. for a villain but um, yeah Severoth because he by the end he was more than just an edgy swordsman um, and he had a really really cool backstory done to him and then what how they did it in Advent Children which I'm not really going to talk about even though I've no I've I just realized you said Angel as a villain Genesis I don't know why I said Angel That's right yeah 
I need listen. I need to go play Crisis. Yeah, Core. no, Crisis Core is amazing. Yeah, Genesis. Um, Genesis is a really cool bad guy in Crisis Core. Um, and Jill is not totally retconned in. Not mentioned at all in seven. Of course he wasn't. No, uh, I think he, he was retconned into Crisis Core somehow. Like what? Well, I mean, Crisis Core is is nothing but retcon, I mean, realistically. Yeah. But yeah. Um, but my favorite video game hero. Oh, least favorite video game hero. Oh, Man. least favorite. Ooh, I'm probably gonna go with Titus from Final Fantasy X. You know that's it's, not bad. It's Actually, crazy how these two came from Final Fantasy games. You know, but the thing about Titus, is I don't even know Titus, whatever you want to call it, depending uh, on what you are. But you know, uh, I think Kingdom Hearts is the only place it was announced. Titus, Titus right? yep. Um, and that was also, but it was Waka calling him it. So I'm like, Waka, you're you know him from the other thing. Why are you calling this boy the wrong name? Um, but even then, it comes from the fact that he was written and voiced in a time where that was uncommon in video games. And it was it, bad. I, I think it's, it was done poorly. Yeah. It wasn't a bad performance. Well, no, it, not even then. It, it, it's not even that it was bad. It was that it was new ground. So it was good for what it was when it happened. Right. But very shortly after, voice acting in video games got much better. Think of it. Just a year later, Kingdom Hearts, 2, uh, Kingdom Hearts 1 came out with much better voice acting. Much better voice acting. Kingdom Hearts 2? Kingdom Hearts 1. Okay, I thought you said Kingdom Hearts 2 came no, out. No, because like, Final Fantasy X, if I'm not mistaken, is 2001. Oh, yeah, you're right. What am I thinking of? I'm thinking of 12. 2001, it's July. 2005. And then Kingdom Hearts 1 is 2002. I'm pretty sure Final Fantasy 12 is 2005. 2006. 2002. Yeah, not even a full year later. Whoa, hold on. And it just goes right. to show you, Kingdom Hearts was a, not even a big entry. It wasn't a... I mean, it was a good new IP for them, but it wasn't Final Fantasy. So why did Kingdom Hearts end up with much better voice acting than Final Fantasy VII? I mean, Final Fantasy X did. And that just goes to show you, it was very odd for a game to be voiced that way. So it was just kind of interesting. Uh, I agree with you there. I think he is a bad one. He's not necessarily my worst. Um I'm uh, trying to think of the worst because you know what? One of the th great things about the way that they've pulled these things off is that some our protagonists are really good because they're silent. One of the things I actually really loved about Hollow Knight is that the way that they tell its story is all through an impartial third party. Like you are, the character is just the medium for you to ex explore the world and learn the story. But the character has no pivotal aspects in the story if you really think about it. Whereas, well, when, every action you do is pivotal to it. Sure, but it's still just because he's the vehicle for telling you everything. You know what I mean? Uh, whereas Silk Song coming up, it looks like it's going to be way different because well, it's not. She well, Hornet has, has Hornet Hornet's spoken. Hornet has a backstory. She already existed. <laughs> oh, Lord. <laughs> I'm looking at worst video game uh, vil or prota protagonist. Protagonist. Why can I not say protagonist today? Protagonist. Uh, and Titus is like two on there. <laughs> I did not look to it list, list on beforehand. Uh, one of the worst villains, and I'm sure I'm going to get oh, yeah, that's a good flack one for this. Desmond Miles. Awful. Yeah. So bad. But... So bad because I only played... <laughs> Squall is on the list. Eat it, Sean. Squall's bad. My emo boy. Um, no, but one of the worst villains is actually... And they're both bad, to be honest, but I hate when villains have nothing about them that makes them at all relatable. One of the great things that Crisis Core did for Sephiroth is actually made Sephiroth a relatable character. Hum yeah, it gave him humanity. Yep. 
And, and it, it did it really well. Exactly. And it needed it. And then it also showed his downfall into what he became. That's, that's why I think Severoth is the perfect fit because not only do you have a history of Final Fantasy VII and then, of course, Crisis Core, the Advent Children, you get a full story filled and complete. And then he shows up in one, like uh, in one at, at Olympus, and you're just like, I'm going to fight him. And you fight him, and he does the countdown yeah. move, and you die. Sure. And it's heartbreaking. Yeah, um, one of the the one a, a, a villain that I don't like at all is Lazarovitz from Uncharted Two because he is just the typical I am one hundred percent a bad guy. I hate that guy. I just not realized that's the Uncharted Two takes place at the end. You're escaping out of a ruin, your ruins, and then you're outside, right? Like you're inside of a tunnel. Or yeah, like the a, end of the game temple. is in Nepal. You're in the mountains, and you start going through. Yeah, the end of that game is terrible because of him. The boss fight's actually not bad mechanically. I enjoy it, but he's a bad villain. Yeah, uh, that, that bought, that, that. By contrast, I'm not going to say he's my favorite, but that's where I literally stopped playing. That favorite game villain gets really hard to, to to go off of, man. Because I actually am, I'm starting to feel like I'm going toward agreeing with you. Um, I don't understand this list. This list is. Terrible. You know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna throw one in there. As much as I also love Sephiroth, I think that across the board, for the majority of the time, I think Xehanort's a great villain. Of course, he is because Xehanort is a good villain too. Yeah. All of it because you you it's it's or kind of, protagonist depending on which answer we're talking about. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I, I like that. And if I'm going to go as why, it's very similar to what I was just talking about. Where I think that like if we're sticking with Uncharted and how bad Lazarvich was, I nope. think that Uncharted fixed that a lot with three. I think that they made uh, Kate a nope. much what. No, I'm sorry. I'm oh, going to yeah. Kate Barlow, uh, though the, the the villain in three, I think is much better. They give her a reason, a backstory. It's not even so much that she's relatable as she feels like a person who has layers and character. Come on, Uncharted, Uncharted three, and you didn't play, you didn't beat that one. But no, Kate I mean, Barlow is the, the girl that show, Does she show up when you're young in the very beginning of the game? Uh, yes, you okay, see her with so. Sully, um, okay. and she ends up being the villain. And I, she's a she's a lot better than Lazarvich. And then I think they even went better for all the flaws that I think Uncharted Four has in the character department. They're not all bad, but there is some things that they had some issues with in the writing from the way they ended up doing it. But Rafe is a great villain because he's relatable. You Somebody understand said. how he got drove to that position. But as for why I think Xehanort's a great one, I also really liked as much as it was kind of out of the blue with Kingdom Hearts Three. Uh, I'm not going to say exactly what it is because the game is still very, very new. Uh, but I really enjoyed his arc and the way they went about things. And I think they showed oftentimes where in a lot of ways he's a monster. But one of my favorite things about him is that he does a lot of bad things in the name of balance. He's essentially Kingdom Hearts Thanos. Um, he is going to... I mean, to, that's it, right? Like, that's pretty much his, like, life his and dark. He, yeah. he, wants the, to, he wants to get all that stuff together so that he can recreate the universe in his image, which is perfect balance of light and dark. Right. And if you really think about it, that's why I say he's Kingdom Hearts Thanos. I mean, it's very much into... They have balance in mind, and it may be single-minded, but you, you understand it to an extent. You can go, well, even though I want to root for the heroes because I love them, if I'm being fair on a logical level and not an emotional level balance and definitely the way that the game goes about telling you what light and dark do and the point of them being balanced, you understand why balance would be a acceptable end goal. Not yeah. necessarily that it would be a great thing because it was, it would end some lives, but you know, let's very see. Interesting. Next question comes from Matt green. Once again, he says, what products does saw use in his hair to make it so shiny? It depends. Uh, if my hair is kind of long, like it is now, sorry, audio listeners, cause you're not gonna be able to see this, but if it's kind of long, like it is now and I need a really, Big haircut. Uh, I use a powder called Slick Gorilla 
texture powder and I'll just like sprinkle it in, style it back with a blow dryer, and then it's set to go. And it, I think it's just naturally shiny because that's supposed to be like a matte paste. Or yeah. A matte, a matte powder. Well, I was about to say, did you say a powder? Mm-hmm. Like entirely dry. It's baby powder, basically. Or it's right. not baby powder, but it's what a consistency is like. I guess what it does to kind of go through is it pulls the excess oil out. Probably so, yeah. Um, and then it helps keep kind it Kind of somewhat up. acts as like a dry shampoo. Yeah, um, which I actually do use those on a like, three-day basis. Like I, I don't, You're not supposed to wash your hair every day for a guy, in case I didn't know. Um, you're not supposed we, to wash your hair every day as anybody. <laughs> well, I know, but specifically guys. But a lot of guys, and I was really bad about that. The majority of my life, I washed my hair every day. Yeah. Like today, I wash my hair using regular shampoo. Tomorrow, I won't. Uh, for the three days after, I won't actually. Um, but yeah, uh, but if my hair is short and trimmed up like it should be, I use, uh, it's called American Crew Molding Clay. And that gives it a really nice hold and shine without being like gel. Like, you know how your heart gets crispy and crunchy with gel? It keeps yep. it soft and, and fluid all the way back. So, But it still uh, holds. Yeah. At any time, like, you see me wearing a hat, it's because I got off work today and I, like, laid down and then ate dinner and then my hair kind of fell off. So I just kind of didn't want to style it again. So I just put a hat on because I'm lazy. There you go. The it's answers also, you wanted to know. It's also gotten really long. and You need a haircut. I need a haircut. My beard needs getting real long, too. Sean Samarud says, probably more for Brett as he still buys physical, but you... what only digital game or old game would you like a company like Limited Run Games to produce? I'm going to be unprofessional and go pee real quick while you answer this. Cause Brett or Sean did nail the uh, uh, hit the nail on the head here. I don't have an answer for this one because I don't really care for physical anymore. So, Speaking of which, do you even want your physical? I mean, I'm sure you do. Yes, I do. But it's just over there. I <laughs> and I was thinking about it. I was like, Saul's, game, Saul's PlayStation doesn't read it, but I'm sure he still wants it. Um, anyway, let's see. Ooh, if I had to say one right now that I don't think has happened yet, and I technically made my own case for it, but I would actually really like to buy it um, physically. But I want to make sure that it hasn't been done if it has. Uh, and it may already be coming, but we will see about that. It's Sundered by Thunder Lotus. I thought it was a great game. I loved every bit of it. And it technically did get a limited physical release with the uh, Kickstarter. But if I wanted to see it happen with again outside of the Kickstarter, since I wasn't aware of the game at that point, sadly. Um, hey, it looks like it did happen. Hold up. I don't know for sure that it happened, but it looks like Limited Run announced they were going to be doing it. So there we go. I never got it, sadly. And that's just uh, what happens. That would have been my answer. But now I've got to look and see. They've done so great about it, right? I think we're, we're getting a physical copy of Hollow Knight, which would have been another answer for me. We're getting a physical release of um, Death Gambit, which would have been another answer for me. I think they already did a physical version of Dead Cells. I'm not mistaken. They did. Um, so, yeah, it's, yeah, hard to say um, now because they've done such a good job. And I, I'm always so curious about this. It's crazy to me how many times that despite people saying there's going to be an all-digital future, people are jumping at, chomping at the bit, really, you know, it's the best phrase to use for that to get these games made in a physical manner. And I think that that's awesome. Uh, I'm, I'm glad that's happened. And it seems to have ramped up even more with more companies outside of just limited run games doing it. And even more so doing it with a wider release than limited run does limited run, obviously by their name, does it in a limited run, but there are companies with like, who's doing death gambit and who do who's doing hollow Knight that it's not a limited release 
It's essentially happening going to storefronts where I can go to GameStop and pick it up. I can go to Walmart, pick it up, whatever. Um, and I love that. So that's my answer. Sadly, I don't have one since it turns out Sundered was my game and it, they have a physical version. Yeah. I never knew that uh, Limited Run hit it. I was, I was just about to say Limited Run did do it. But I made my own case, so you know what? It doesn't matter. Got it anyways. I get to have that cool. I don't have a disc, sadly, but. Back to Discord, Patreon Kiki says, well, what kind of grades did you get during your school years? B's and A's with some C's and like math, depending on the math course. I um, I was good in geometry and calculus, but I was not good in algebra, if that makes any sense. Like, I don't know what it was. I couldn't click with algebra. And I got high C's, low B's when it came to calculus and geometry. But everything else was pretty much solid B, except, like, obviously English, which was an A, um, and Spanish. I got mm. a D in Spanish, which is not failing in Arkansas, where it is in most states. Oh, man. We had the same Spanish teacher, Brett and I. She yeah. hated us. You remember my trick. Yeah, Brett used to keep an earbud in his ear. Have it wrapped around his ear with his long hair, then back down the back of his hoodie. Yeah, now I listened to music, so it had an ulterior. It wasn't just to this, but I, I realized one day. He also cheated. That what I could do with it is do the whole paragraph that I'm supposed to recite. And I thought, you know what? I have my phone here. I just pulled my phone out in the hallway and record. Because every t- person got to go out and practice it a few times. So they go back in there and recite it. So what I did, I went out there and just read it off with pauses in between so i can kind of like act like you're thinking about it and also hear it without getting ahead of myself right so i didn't screw up and lose it so i did that and then i just had it in my ear and then i and then i just had my hand on my pocket to where my phone was hit and play and pause if i needed to for some reason uh and i did the whole thing that way and passed spanish i normally didn't cheat though it's just they they literally required us to have a foreign language and it's time of course i'm a kid i'm like i don't need this and our the teacher was awful she was so it's not like we were learning from a good person so it was just more in the effort in the effort of trying to pass Uh, outside of that though the rest of the school i mean the rest of my school years uh, i graduated like 17th of my class um that ain't bad considering like classes typically 300 around here yeah 300 i think my class was I think my class broke 300. I can't remember how many I, it was. Wow. Um, my class was like 270, I think. Yeah. Um, but anyway, uh, I had essentially across the board A's. Every yeah, now and then I'd end up with a B in math because I thankfully had a great rapport with all my teachers. I did not do homework. I said all the time, I am at school to do schoolwork. I am at home to do shit I want to do at home. And I literally had that going with all my teachers. I said, listen, if I can do the homework in class, I will do it in class. Most of the time, I didn't have the time to do that. And I just said, I'm not doing homework. Well, and I I really think that my geometry problem worked out. Rooted back to the teacher, which was Stucky. I don't know if you ever had her. I did once. Yeah. Uh, She's not a great teacher. She Um, is not a great teacher. At all. Josh Shoup says... What do you think is the quality that would get you further in life? Extreme beauty or very high intelligence? Where, Either where, or. Right? Because yeah. it's like where? On YouTube and Instagram and stuff like that, beauty, obviously. Everywhere else in the world that doesn't matter like that, intelligence. You're going to get go to higher places with intelligence. Well, I think the argument towards high intelligence would be if you can create a very interesting pos- like pro- podcast that's all about 
being essentially the Joe Rogan podcast, all about uh, being as open-minded as possible, taking a lot of information and being very intelligent in a lot of different areas, uh, or at least being open to learn stuff so that you can become intelligent in a lot of different areas can obviously get you far as we've seen by the success of the Joe Rogan podcast. Yeah. So I think it does That's come on both of those things. I don't think Joe Rogan's things is his looks. He's not exceptionally well looking. He's short. He's not typically what you'd view as Whoa, the epitome. Partner, he's coming after you, not me. <laughs> you can take him if you want to. Oh, don't be wrong. He could kick my ass, but my point being that he's not gotten this far only because of his looks. Right. Yeah. So, and I mean, and, I, and really I think, probably not because of his looks at all. So I, I think if I honestly had to go with one, I think the more often answer would be that even if you want to be famous, we've seen from Elon Musk that you don't have, and Elon, Elon's not a bad looking dude, but people don't care about the way he looks. People care about how smart he is. He did get a hair transplant. I did not know that, but that makes me feel better. Yeah, <laughs> um, I'm pretty sure he did before I got here and spread. Little... Yeah, don't don't spread lies, Saul. But yeah, I think very high intelligence is a little more broadly useful than good looking. But at the same time, maybe there's a maybe there's a blissfulness to ignorance, and you know I, I think that sometimes. I think part of the reason we're so stressed and more stressed than ever is because we know more than ever and we have access to more information than ever. Ever. So at that point, when you think about it. I think that we almost know too much for our own goods and it causes a lot of conflict between the people because of it. What about, oh, Elon Musk. Yeah, Elon Musk hair plugs. If you're, you're about to tell me some really interesting news that I did not know. You know what? Good for you, Elon. I know, right? <laughs> they did a really good job. So for those that don't know, just type in Elon Musk. Uh, that is not Elon Musk. That's but- Alan from Two and a Half Men. <laughs> I don't never watch that terrible show, but yeah, this is Elon Musk uh, before and after. You can go just Google it, and you can find it. It shows you the, the advanced hey, technology. Hey, if I could afford cool. hair plugs, in a heartbeat, dude. Once I ever start going bald, I'm just shaving it all off. Unless hair plug or that's your transplant is not the same as hair plugs, is it? I mean, uh, it's your plugs are your transplant, but how much does that cost? I wonder. Um, it's it's dropped in price dramatically, but I'm not exactly sure. You can go get a full set of 3D printed teeth for like $10,000. It depends on what they do, though, right? Because one of the things they'll, they'll pull off is they'll cut a slice. It, it depends on how yeah, much it, you're willing like, to it's pay. It's like a circular uh, area. They'll, they'll, they'll just cut a piece here, and then they'll sit your skin back together. But if you ever go bald, you'll have a scar there. The more expensive version is for them to go in and pull each follicle out slowly, but it takes a lot longer, and then they move them to the front. The hair on the back of your head and around the sides of your head is genetically engineered differently right. to not the be affected the by the Which is why people get the dihydrotestosterone or whatever it's called that most people have male pattern, male pattern baldness for, including your boy here who is fighting that stuff every day and thankfully it's not as bad as it could be if i wasn't taking medicine that's why i'm going to take advantage of the hair i have because i know eventually it's going to happen see i'm proud of you saw you got some good genes good roll the dice i'm gonna there was i was getting my hair cut and we go that where we did go the same person who got it cut Mm -hmm. and the girl next to me was literally criticizing isaac for cutting my hair because he was every time i tell him like i need it razor thinned which is just like they're using a straight razor to thin my hair Cause it gets really thick. And, uh, the girl was like, why would you ever do that? Like you have really thick hair. I'm like, cause it's hot. Like you, you have a full head of hair and you're probably hot a lot. I'm a guy. I want easy styling. Like I used to have incredibly thick hair. You remember me with yeah. my long hair. Yeah. It's that's crazy. Why, that's why I said I'll never make fun of you. Cause you like one year you'd be like gone, <laughs> yeah. but you, you'll see your boy with a full shiny head. I, I, I'll get that crap off. Um, Kiki once again does say, when you guys first started dating your now wives, did you fart in front of them uh, or get up and go leave the room to fart? Absolutely blasted my ass everywhere near her. Like, 
from like the first week of hanging out. I uh, like that's that's one thing that like I've told people is like if I fart around you, congratulations, you are now a, you, I am now a max comfortable level around you to fart. So yeah, take it as a compliment. Man, you get comfortable with people real quickly, don't you? I do. Give me about <laughs> give me about a week. I'm gonna start farting. Um, you hear it. You know, it's hard to say because Saul, when when you and Annie got together, you had already graduated, correct? Yes, I thought so. But Annie was still in school. Yes. That's we're what like I thought. High, we're like high school sweethearts. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Hannah and I got together while we were both in high school. Right. Because we were the same grade. Annie's two grades under you. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah, that's pretty interesting. Um, that's kind of what it is. It's like I can't even honestly remember because when we first started dating, it's like we didn't have tons of opportunities for me to be around. I don't fart that much. At school, I'm not like I'd fart with her at school. Like we eating lunch. I, I don't fart that much. Well, lucky you. <laughs> I mean, maybe I just don't have very many stomach problems. I don't know, but I don't have that problem enough to where I could. I mean, I do now. I don't care at all if I have to now, but I don't do it that often. I just don't remember because it's also been nine years ago. That's true. Yeah. So it's like, but yeah, you'd be at school or whatever, eating in the cafeteria, just fart. I I don't remember. I would normally do, I mean, if, if I like, even had to fart, it was normally when I was walking, I guess, because you're kind of moving. Uh, and it would be when everybody's running class. Somebody would know the, the difference halls. if you even go. Well, that's what I'm saying. It's like, not Because, really you know, cafeteria. our school had outside. Like, I'd have to literally walk from vocational well, to the new building. Well, that's also what I meant when I said out, or cafeteria is outside. Like, yeah, sure. Everybody ate school lunch outside for the most part at our high school. Yeah, it's true. Uh, Atlas Unchained said, who'd win in a fist fight? Alloy from Horizon or Disney Pocahontas? Also a patron, thank you. Yes. Um... Man, this is a great question. Disney Pocahontas. Uh, you know, I'm going to say Alloy. Nope. Alloy, because how you say it. But um, the reason Actually, I say what? that. Never mind. I don't know why I keep thinking she was in slumber for like 10 years or something, and then she woke up. No, never mind. Who? Alloy. Alloy. I don't know why I kept thinking she was asleep. No. She, yeah, so she's been out training in the, in the in the woods. Now, they're actually, it's a great question because they are, at first glance, you're like, Same they thing. have nothing in common. And then the more you think about it, it's like, holy crap. Same person. They're very similar in a lot of ways. Um. Yep. So, yeah, you know, great question, but I'm going to go with Aloy. And even if it's just because she has a tech to guide her, I'll give her – I mean, she has the – Bare bare hands. <laughs> I he said would, fist fight. Yeah, but I'm saying that she had the, the thing that – Take it out. Down down to, like, Pocahontas' dress and, like, Aloy's fur. <laughs> okay. That's acceptable. Mr. Pumpkin, another patron, he says, which video game world would you most like to live in? Anything Elder Scrolls. Actually, yeah, Tamriel. Tamriel mm-hmm. specifically. Living well, in, no, uh, Tam- Tamriel is just the whole world. That's what, that's on. Okay. That's on. Make it sure, because yeah. you said anything in the Elder Scrolls, but that's Tamriel. I, is wait, no, what is, what is the country in, in Oblivion? Cyrodiil. Cyrodiil, yeah. Cyrodiil would, would be pretty. I would specifically live in Shadenhall. Shadenhall or Bruma. Uh Rifton, the area that Rifton's in in no. Skyrim is really pretty. I, but I like the fall. And it's on that too. big, pretty lake. I do too, but there's a big old sewer of thieves living under you. <laughs> that is also true. No. Uh, but I'm just saying, like, one of my favorite parts of that game, and it was something that they that a lot of people did a lot of mods to to make it even to look even better. But when you're walking around and the leaves are just spinning around and falling around you, it's really pretty. And that's not as easy to appreciate if you didn't play it when it came out where that was kind of uncommon uh in that style of game so it really was like i have a big open world around me that's beautiful and it looked so much better than oblivion did it was really insanity uh that it was like this is beautiful i i think tamriel is a really interesting one because if you think about going into that world 
all the areas are so different. I think Morrowind is really cool and looks really alien in a great, like really interesting way that I love. Um, but that's essentially mine. I think okay. that's a good one. Josh Ayers. Hmm? Another patron. He says, has this been at, or this is also the last one. I know. Okay, make it sure. Yeah, this one was like, like two days ago. But you also said Kiki gave us quick fire ones. We didn't have any quick fires for this one. I know. I I made that mistake back then. But yeah, this is this yeah. it cuts off now. Gotcha. But uh, he says has been asked before, so you can update it if needed. What plants do you want or are proud of? Uh, he says I want Final Fantasy fourteen, and I'm slowly getting it. Proud that I have Kingdom Hearts one, two, and three. Congratulations, Josh. Those Congratulations. are plants to have. But do you not have? Birth by sleep and you dream drop distance. You and, don't either. Dream drop distance doesn't either. Oh, I don't have any of them besides does dream three. drop distance. They even have a plat or is yeah, it just it gold? Does. No, it's platinum. Okay. All of the games have a platinum on the remaster. That's cool. I'm glad they did that. Yeah. I was kind of thinking. Well, my head all the games that are games, right? The, the movies scenes. you get trophies for watching it, but there's no platinum. What? Yeah, you get That's trophies. Lame. Um, just for watching it. Proudest two. I've said them before. They remain the same as Bloodborne and Sound Shapes for sure. Two of the hardest games to get platinums for that I've done. Uh, I don't Man, really honestly, want. I don't know. I think, I mean, Bloodborne is challenging. Do you not feel like the, um, oh, how am I forgetting the name of that game right now? Um, is it a platinum that I have? Yeah, the the one where you play as the kid. You roll. Oh, Titan Souls. Titan Souls. Yeah, no, you. Titan Souls I'm actually are proud of. That, that that had a really cool variety of trophies. And I feel like that one's more challenging damage, because roll. of that. Yeah. No, Bloodborne was harder. Okay. There was Bloodborne was harder from a more tedious standpoint because like the Chalice dungeons are BS and really repetitive. Okay. Uh, yeah. Titan Souls though, I recommend anybody to try for that platinum. It's really cool and it really makes you play the game. It's a short game. You can beat it and there's a trophy for beating it in less than twenty minutes. Uh but it's probably gonna take you an hour, hour and a half, two hours the first time you play. But um, I recommend anybody pick that game up. I love it so much. I Great wish, game. I wish it really had a fun. separate list on PS Vita. I would do it again on Vita. What I love about that game is the very simple mechanic of one shot. And then what ha, ha, What can you do with that one yeah. shot? Because uh, it, it, it makes you realize it's like, well, one shot, but one pullback. Right. And that's well, that's another thing, too, is that like it made the one roll or the no roll challenge or yes. the um, permanent death challenge, all that stuff, just that much more better. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Um, I do want to get the Dark Souls eventually. That's what I was going to say. Dark Souls three or one, all two, of them? and three. Yeah, okay. uh, I just I'm close to three. I really realistically I can get three in probably less than a couple hours, but it's just so much grinding. I think I'm only missing two trophies, maybe three, where I have to get all the sorceries, all of the rings, and realistically, all that is is just having to play through the game a couple more times and then getting. Uh, quest done from NPCs. Uh, now, one and two, they're a little bit more challenging to get because I haven't played enough of those on the new consoles to have the new trophies. Uh, I did still have any beaten one on the new consoles. I got to Four Kings and lost interest <laughs> for um, something that came out. But yeah, um, yeah, I think one, two, three. I, I would really like to have the entirety of Bloodborne Platinum's down. Or Soulsborne. I mean, yeah, Soulsborne. And I still need to get, I still need to beat Sekiro. That game didn't hit me as hard as, as I was on it to, though. So it was it's good, but you wanted a black eye from it, huh? Said so you <laughs> you wanted a black eye from it. Wanted a black eye? Yeah, you said it didn't hit you hard enough. Oh, shut up. Hey, uh, anyway, mine is still Terraria, and I think it's just because of how long and how dedicated I was to getting that sucker. I still missed. I technically <laughs> missed out on that trophy. Slowly but surely. Um, 
And I think ones that I want, I'm going to go with ones that you have, which is Kingdom Hearts 1, 2, and 3. I have 3, but I would like Kingdom Hearts 1 and 2. And I have technically started working on them. I'm playing them all on the difficulty you need to do the stuff. So I'm I'm partially there with Kingdom Hearts 1. I'm partially there with Kingdom Hearts 2. It's just the biggest thing is with the release schedule of games right now being so hectic with us trying to keep this going, with us starting the new off-topic podcast, with doing not only the, the proper you know Triangle Square but also these reader mails. I love doing all these things, but one of the sad things that just kind of does exist with this is it does technically cut into your ability to play games. By having the passion to want to talk about them, you inadvertently have to somewhat miss out on them. And that's sad, but that's yeah. just what it is. Uh, it, it's why you have to appreciate the games that you appreciate so much because time is so valuable. Um, so that's why we get to do this and have fun talking about this stuff. So yeah, Terraria is definitely still my one. One of these days, hopefully I'll get back around to Kingdom Hearts 1 and 2. So there we go. That that's is it. all of the I know, ones. I get the outro. Uh, oh, sorry. Uh, yeah. My, my, Continue. Yeah, yeah. But uh, we want to thank everybody for showing up and stopping by. Don't forget to follow us on everything in the world that you could possibly follow us on and checking out Triangle Squared every Monday at 12 noon central time and uh, stopping by and saying hello in the comments, telling us what you thought of the episodes, getting involved with our discussion if you want. We will be in the comments as well. And um, yeah, I think that we had a good episode. I think it was fun. I think we answered a lot of good questions. Really, really cool questions, you guys. Thanks and uh, keep it as up. As always, yes. I love answering these questions. And uh, we'll see you guys for reading about episode 11. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks to our patrons Chad V, Dan Barber, Josh Jarrell, Matthew Green. My name is Dan, Douglas Below, Sean Santarude, Eric McAllister, Matt Sycamore, Shadowist, Stephen Salazar, The Stonard, Travis Blow, Blake Popst, Eduardo Palomino, Stefan Swanlin, Coy Live, Philip Laguerre, Corey Hickerson, Brian, Donovan Williams, Justin Rowe, William Digital Spooker, Derek Porter, Josh Ayers, and Thomas McKinnis. If you would like to support us, go to the link in the description below or visit patreon.com slash nartech. Thank you. Thank you, guys.